What is good, sports world? Welcome to the Family Feud Sports Podcast and our weekly college football insider preview episode. Sitting here with the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, jumping into the latest updated college football playoff rankings for week 12, as well as our games to watch this week, our Heisman watch, and of course, Mr. Alan Dell, the godfather's hot seat watch. Mr. Alan Dell, how you doing this week? I'm trying to get over this headache I got to watch. Uh, I got to take care of after looking at that schedule in Alabama playing the Citadel. This is, again, another cupcake week for Nick Saban. It's the number one cupcake week for, for Nick in Alabama. He does it every year before the Auburn game. And Georgia's basically in a cupcake week, too. Also, they're playing the University of Massachusetts, but at least that's a so-called division FBS program. So Alabama versus the Citadel, our game of the week. No, I'm just kidding there. Yeah, just, just, uh, by just the kidding. way, just for you betters out there, there's two lines that I saw. One was for 51 points and one was for 60 points. You can't find that line in any of the traditional uh, odds maker websites, but I did see one thing. Uh, in order to win a million, excuse me, in order to win $100 taking Alabama straight up, you got to bet a million. So if you got that money to throw around, why not do it? Break, <laughs> Break the bank with that one. Well, hey, I mean, and you look at that matchup right there, I mean, you can see what, 70 to nothing, 60 to nothing. I mean, at, at this point, it doesn't really matter. Alabama has impressed in recent weeks, winning at LSU, LSU 29 0. Followed by another shutout win against Mississippi State, 24 to nothing. So outscoring their last two opponents, 53 to zero. We talk about Tua all the time being a Heisman candidate. How about the defense and Alabama's defense playing at another level right, right now? now. And that's looking like the X factor at the end of the day because there are other offenses that can keep up in other matchups against other opponents. But can you actually score points against Alabama right now? I don't know. I mean, look the. The most points anyone scored against Alabama this year, only one time as a team cracked 30 points, and that was when they played at Arkansas. But that was in a blowout, 65-31. to 31. Tennessee put up 21 against them a few weeks back, and then earlier in the season, Texas A&M had 23 points. So it's going to be great to see the Auburn game after this cupcake game, like you said, against the Citadel. But how about two weeks from now, Alabama against Georgia on December 1st, 4 p.m. game. That's going to be the game that I'm going to want to, that, that the whole country is going to want to see right there. You know, Georgia's a 44-point favorite over Massachusetts. Dang. They do have Georgia Tech next week, so, and Alabama's got Auburn ne their next games after this. So. Well, well, let's let's jump into the college football playoff rankings here. Alabama number one, as always. They've been number one all year. Clemson number two. Notre Dame number three. And let, let's look at the next three teams because they all have one loss. Michigan four at nine and one. Georgia number five, also nine and one. And then Oklahoma also nine and one at number six. We've got LSU with two losses sitting at seventh. Washington State, West Virginia, Ohio State. That's our top ten, Mr. Allen Doe. What do you think about that? Do you have anything different in your rankings? I don't have Alabama number one right now. And, I don't, yeah, they're the best team, I'll say that. But I just can't put them number one with playing the ridiculous schedule. The schedule's been weak all season, and then this Citadel thing is – just absolutely a joke. Catch me outside. Okay, they're the best team, but I'm not putting them number one. So you're so, finally on my bandwagon. Notre Dame Clemson, number one. I'll put Clemson, Notre Dame, Michigan, and Alabama. Oh, so why Clemson and not Notre Dame, man? Cocaine is a hell of a joke. Oh, come on, man. Well, just give, give, me, give me your thought process behind that. If you're not going to put Alabama one, then why put Clemson one? Point well oh, taken. Their, their schedule has been a little bit better. Come on. Has it? You're making me look bad, man. I think so. They've 
they played some tough games. They played Furman in week one. <laughs> okay. I mean, what's what's yeah, that? They beat Boston College. They're a good team. They beat them 27-7 well, uh, last week. Alabama just beat LSU two weeks ago, 29-0. Yeah, okay. And then they beat Mississippi State 24 nothing. I'm not an Alabama apologist, but how about Clemson? Two out of their first three weeks, they played Furman and Georgia Southern. In my opinion, that So you tell me, that's that's the same type of schedule right there. It's just in different weeks, and there's no reason okay, why. it's the Citadel that's just choking me, choking me up right yeah, now. Yeah, Mr. You, you got to get your facts together, Mr. Allendale, and you need some more research from you here. But, look, Notre Dame, number one. They've been number one in my rankings for the last month plus. It's simple. It's because of what we're talking about. It's because of the schedule. And they beat Michigan in week one. Yeah, they had the cupcake game, their own cupcake game against Ball State in week two. They only won that game by eight points. They only beat Vanderbilt by five points the week after. But since then, they've been routing their opponents with the exception of a 19-14 win against Pittsburgh. Teams that they've played during that stretch that have been ranked, obviously, number 14, Michigan at the time. Stanford, which was ranked seventh at the time. Notre Dame beat them by 21 points. They won at Virginia Tech by 22 points. And then the last couple weeks, yeah, these teams haven't been ranked, but 44 to 22 over Navy, 31-21 at Northwestern, and then routing your boy Willie Taggart in the Florida State Seminoles. The real test this week is going to be against, it sounds weird to say, number 12 ranked Syracuse against Notre Dame. This could, in fact, be their toughest game of the year outside of that opening week win against Michigan. So, yeah, this, upset this special, really, maybe. This one's really hard to figure out. It's at Yankee Stadium, so it's a so-called neutral site, even though I – I think Notre Dame's going to have a lot more fans there. It's a hell of a venue right there to have a football game, huh? Yeah. Yankee Stadium. So that's It's going to be a good one. I mean, look, Syracuse, Notre Dame, the line's going to be a little bit closer than usual on that one compared to yeah, recent Notre, Notre Dame, Dame games. I've seen about 10, 10 and a half point favorite in that one. If you're a betting person, I'm, uh, Syracuse might not be bad to take them by – Ian Book, the quarterback, will be back. That should help. Yeah, and, and don't sleep on the, the week after, which is Notre Dame at USC. And I know USC's been slumping. Helton's number one on CoachesHotSeat.com right now. Yeah, we get that. But last game of the season, nothing to lose for the Trojans. They could really get up for that home game against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish to try to knock them off their undefeated pedestal. So two tough games for Notre Dame. If they finish 12-0 and with this schedule that they have, with only seemingly one cupcake game in that week two game against Ball State, there's no reason why they shouldn't stay number one. That's in my rankings, or they shouldn't move up to number one in the college football playoff rankings. But hey, at least they're in the top four. I'm, I would feel really bad if Notre Dame lost. If they lose one of these t- next two games, they should still be in the top four. I think four. they should, but I, the word is that they won't be, especially what happens if, if Alabama gets to the SEC championship game undefeated. No, but here's what I'm saying is that if it came down to, let's say, Georgia beats Alabama, that means Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia should all get in, and Notre Dame with one loss has to get in over Michigan one loss because they beat them. Yeah, well, that should count for something. But it I'm has gonna... to count. for What else are we doing here if that doesn't count for anything? I don't understand that. Notre Dame with one loss should still be ahead of Michigan with one loss. And you look at Oklahoma, they haven't done anything that stood out this year. I mean, it, the, my rankings personally, I got – Notre Dame 1, Bama 2, Clemson 3, Michigan 4. But then after that, I got Georgia 5. I got Washington State number 6. I think Washington State has a far better resume than the than what the Oklahoma Sooners have done this year. Look, Oklahoma, yeah, they, they, their only loss was to three points against Texas, but they struggled to beat Oklahoma State last week. They won by one point in a shootout. They only beat Texas Tech by five points the week before that. So 
this is a team, and they only beat Army by seven points earlier in the year. We, we remember that game also. Oklahoma, to me, is, does not deserve to be number six in the country right now. You look at Washington State, they had one loss at USC by three points. But look at the last three to four weeks for Washington State. They, they've just they've been on a tear. Gardner Minshew is one of the top three Heisman candidates right now. I mean, they beat Oregon 34-20. They, beat, they won at Stanford. They beat Cal, and then they routed – Colorado on the road last week so the Cougars are a team that needs to get more respect in my opinion in these rankings Oklahoma I would put seventh I'd put Ohio State eighth and then to round out the top 10 I'd put West Virginia nine I'd put LSU all the way down to 10 just because they got two losses and it's you know too too bad you know I put those one loss teams over the two lost Tigers right now yeah Oklahoma and West Virginia could want to play in back-to-back games they meet the final game of the regular season and then in the Big 12, their championship game are the teams with the two best records. And right now, Oklahoma and West Virginia have the two best records in the conference. So yeah. you, you don't know what could happen. Right? Yeah, that'd, that'd be interesting to see how, how the, the pollsters wind up putting those, especially if they split those two games like you're talking about there. Because that would put well, that would put loss. each team at two losses. No, so you, you could losses, say that, you gotta, that basically you're not going to get in. No, you shouldn't get in on two losses. Yeah. And, and, and that's it's a shame that we're not at eight teams in the playoffs right now. And like I said, I, I've said it many times. I'll continue to say it. I'm looking at the big picture. There needs to be 16 teams in the college football oh, eight, playoffs, eight, eight, man. Eight's enough. That's it needs to be go. 16 teams because, look, if we had 16 teams, the, the top 10 I just said, Syracuse sitting there, Texas, Washington, Iowa State. Yeah, these teams all have three losses. Yeah, but but where, where are you going to put all those four extra games? And, I mean, this is football. It's not basketball. Kids get worn well, you, You're talking about NFL season. You have 16 games in a year. Well, they're already Why can't playing, we have that many in college? They're playing now, 15. If you make it to this championship game, you're going to play 12 regular season games. The conference championship, that's 13 games. And then if you you go to the finals, that's two more games. That's 15 games right there. Yeah, well, make make it 12 games during the regular season. Play it, play a conference right. championship if you have to, and and then you conference championship, but it's too uh, much money. Yeah, well, that's too much money to get rid of. You're right about that, but uh, and, and if if you if we had a top 16, I I would put even though even though UCF's ranked 11th in the playoff poll, I would put them all the way down at 15. Well, I, I, I cannot. You, we have. I guess we would be remiss if we didn't mention UCF because it's a game day for ESPN. UCF is playing. Cincinnati. At home against Cincinnati, yep. it was nine and one, ten and one, and uh, so what? That's what I say. You know, we're gonna have to, if they win, which they should win. And the few games they've had this year against teams that are halfway decent have been at home, except for Memphis, and they lost. They beat them in overtime, and then last, the following week, as I said, Memphis lost by over thirty to Missouri. So. Yeah, well, Cincinnati's, they, they won at UCLA week one yeah, by nine points. They beat Navy 42-0 two weeks ago. I mean, those two decent wins, they're not great or even good wins by, by any stretch of the imagination there, but I would still put those two teams in my top 16 if we had that, and, and that would give the small schools a, ch- a chance well, to you, at least you know compete. You eight and give one of, one of those eight spots. You got the five power conference champions, and you give one of those – to the top team in the group of five, whoever. See, I, 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 dis- I disagree with that. I don't think you should automatically – why should UCF – why should UCF, if they finish undefeated, they're sitting at 11th in the, in the rankings, why should they automatically get a berth in the top eight? That's why there needs to be 16 to make it a truly fair playing field right there. Or, or maybe you do something to where I could see – how about 12 teams, two team, the top two teams get a bye? And that that eliminates an extra well, game for some of these schools. Uh, the first round, the the higher seeded team plays at home. 
Yeah, well, then that, that's that goes without saying. There, you could definitely you could do that for the entire playoffs if you really wanted to. But that, that's that's another argument for another day. That the teams I would put out of the top sixteen would be right right on the cusp is the Gators, Kentucky Wildcats, Penn State, and then shout out to two teams in the great old state of Utah, Utah and Utah State, both having impressive games, uh, both having impressive campaigns this season. Utah seven and three, they're sitting at nineteenth. Utah State at twenty three in the rankings. Please tell me why we have two top. Two teams with four losses in the top twenty-five. Mississippi State at yeah, six and four. Yeah, and, and they lost to Alabama. Yeah, man. okay, but you want to know what's even more of a joke is Northwestern at six and four, still in the top twenty-five. Northwestern has losses to Duke and Akron on the season. Why are they in the top twenty-five? That that makes absolutely zero sense. I hate the Big Ten bias when it comes to the polls, man. I, Wisconsin was in there way too high for way too long earlier in the year, and they finally dropped out. Northwestern should not be number 22. But They're going to be the division winners in that Big Ten. Yeah, well, that's that's a weak division, to say the least, right there. How, how about the games to watch for this week? We're talking about a lot of these games with playoff implications, and I'll, we'll, I'll go back to what we were just talking about a few minutes ago, and you tell me your thoughts, Mr. Allendell. Syracuse versus Notre Dame well, at Yankee Stadium. That, that's the best game of the week, uh, I think, for the weekend. I think it'll be an exciting game. Uh, it's going to be tight. I mean, I think Syracuse, uh, I mean, that. Their two most impressive games were losses. One of them was to clear on back-to-back weeks, Clemson and Pittsburgh. Those are the two most impressive games they have. They're both losses. They beat North Carolina State 51-41. They're okay. They're, they're How about not- beating FSU 30-7? Well, everybody's beat. Notre Dame in, in years, recent years have had – Always seem to find a game where they they're supposed to win, they can't win. But maybe this year is different. So yeah, something feels different about this year. I don't like to look ahead, year. but uh, US, USC game is a little scary if you're a Notre Dame. Well, that's that's what I mentioned but earlier. You don't want to look ahead, so no, nah, you can't look ahead for them. Take one game at a time. You only got two left, and you got the clear path to the Final Four for the Fighting Irish right there. Notre Dame favored by ten and a half. I would not bet the Irish to cover that spread. I think it'll be a tight game. You saw them. They beat what they beat Northwestern by 10 points. They've had quite a few close games on the year, and I think they're a better team. And on a neutral field, I, I would pick them to win somewhere between 7 to 10 points. Notre Dame, I'd give them the edge. But I think it'll be a competitive, close game throughout most of that contest for sure, and I would not be surprised by any means to see Syracuse closer at the end of that game. I'd bet Syracuse on that line if I was betting that game. Second game of the week, and, and this is a game where maybe two teams that aren't necessarily – in the college football playoff contention, but two top 16 ranked teams, both from the Big 12, Iowa State at Texas, number 16 at number 15. I mean, that could still have some pretty big bowl implications yeah, for the I rest like of the Iowa year. State. They've, they've won some games they weren't supposed to win, and Texas lost some games they weren't supposed to lose. Texas with a big win over Oklahoma earlier in the year. Uh, obviously, they've already had their impact on the, on the standings. In my personal rankings, like I said, I got Texas 12. I got Iowa State 14. And and you look at Iowa State. They I mean, won the, five in a row. Yeah, they won five in a row, and and they they beat West Virginia by 16 points the week before that. They won at Oklahoma State, then they won at home against Texas Tech. So that's three wins against Oklahoma State in a row. West Virginia, Texas Tech, then continuing to win games. They beat Kansas and Baylor back to back weeks. This is an impressive team. The Cyclones here, and the ball bounces one way or another. All three of their losses are by 10 points or less. They lost at TCU by three. They lost against Oklahoma in week three by 10 points. And week the week before that, they lost at Iowa in their opener 13-3. to three. So you take out that opening week loss to Iowa. The, I, Iowa State could be even higher 
in the rankings right there. So it's impressive campaign for them so far. Texas, obviously, they beat Oklahoma. They got the big win on their schedule, but they've lost some games they shouldn't have lost. And they've lost some close ones. You talk about close losses for Iowa State. Te- Texas's losses this year, all three of them have come by five points or yeah, less. Yeah, they lost to Oklahoma State 38-35 and West Virginia 42-41. Yeah, so. you can't get any closer than that. And then the opening week loss, which really screwed them in terms of their chances to make the playoffs, yeah. is when they lost to Maryland by five in the, in the season opener. But still a very good team. These are, pro- In my opinion, these are the two best two uh, three-loss teams in the country, maybe outside of the Washington uh, Huskies in, in terms of teams with three losses in the in the top twenty five right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it, Mike Leach is hard to get get him some love from the pollsters. They just no. I I don't know what it's going to take for Washington State to move up. I I think right now, like I said, they they would be not my number six team overall right now with a chance to go higher. But can they do it? Maybe if okay if they, if they have an impressive win against Arizona this weekend, and then the last week of the season they're at home against Washington, so they finish the year with back to back home games. If they can finish 11-1 and one and beat Washington in that final game Maybe. convincingly. They lost to USC earlier in the year. It, it all depends on what happens to the teams in front of them. You know, if Michigan loses, if Georgia somehow loses again, Maybe Washington State can climb up and get into that top four. I, I hope that they still have the chance if they finish 11-1 and to do that because they would be well-deserving, in my opinion. They've been the best team in the Pac-12 by far this year. And looking at a third game to watch on my radar, well, you mentioned Cincinnati at UCF. We're not going to get into that one too much. But how about a game maybe slipping under the radar a little bit but I think could be a lot more competitive than people would think would, would be the Duke Blue Devils, not yeah, basketball. Duke one. at Clemson, number two. Could, could, the, Blue, could the Dukies – the Blue Devils knock off Clemson and put them on the fringe of making the college football playoff. What do you think about that one, Mr. Oh, Allen? Yeah, that, that game's been on my mind, too, so you, you don't know. I mean, That's that's part of my seven-team parlay this weekend, Mr. Allendale. Bet $6 to win over 600 man. That's, I, I, I got Duke covering that spread. That's too big for Duke me. Can, Duke can score points. I mean, they lost to Virginia 28-14. Clemson favored by 28. I think Duke covers that spread. They're 7-3 and three overall. They're not a bad football team. They, they got a good offense and a good quarterback that can move the ball up and down the field. They beat Georgia Tech earlier in the year. They beat Baylor. They won at Northwestern. They beat Army week one. I mean, these aren't the greatest wins in the world, but – yeah, they lost to Virginia. They lost at Pitt. Okay, they beat Miami. They won at Miami two weeks ago. They beat North Carolina last week at home. I mean, you know, I think you know you're not used to saying Duke is a good football team in college football, but they're a pretty good football team this year. Yeah, according to Mel Kiper, uh, Daniel Jones, a Duke quarterback, uh, could wind up being the top quarterback picked in the draft. So I think about that, yeah. Justin Herbert. Yeah, for sure. The Giants were out. Scouting Justin Herbert last week. All right, so how about moving on to the Heisman watch? Herbert's not in there anymore for no, you. I can't but put him in there, but I, to I, me, I, it's pretty simple. You tell me if it's, if yours is any different. Quarterbacks: Tua, Minshew, and Greer. I got Tua, Kyler Murray, Will Greer, and, and Minshew. Yeah. Well, the reason I don't have Murray in my top three is because he doesn't really have a signature win this year. Yeah. You know. Yeah. That does it for me. What about Minshew? He's. Um, now this people are talking about him in the NFL. I believe he has another year if he wants to stay. So yeah, well, if your stock's rising this high, I don't know why you would stay, risk an injury, risk your stock stock going down. I mean, you're trying to make money and you're trying to start a career here if you're a football player. But I I, I don't know with Minshew. I thought he was listed as a senior, saying he still has another he, year of yeah, eligibility. I, I believe, yeah, he's a trans. I I, I got to check that one. Uh, All right, so I'm going to give you. And you mentioned this guy, I believe. We were off last week, but I think the week before on, on our last College Football Insider Preview episode, you mentioned a guy who's now on my top five 
for a team contending for a national title, and that's sophomore running back DeAndre Swift from Georgia. Yeah, he's in there. I mean, what, I, what about him? Let me tell you, his, this guy's last three games, 12 carries for 104 yards, 16 carries for 156 yards. Last week against Auburn, 17 carries for 186 yards. That's impressive, putting up 8.7, 9.8, and 10.9 yards per carry in his last three games. His, his last three games have been his best three games of the year. Yeah. I think it's a little late for him because the field's pretty well set with Tua. Kyler Murray is projected right now as, as the runner-up. and uh, it, it would be great to see Kyler Murray going up against Will Greer twice in the last four weeks of the season. Talk about two of the top three or four Heisman candidates yeah, now right now. And now let's talk Kyler Murray may not do baseball like he's already signed and delivered Oakland A's, and he might not do it. So I don't know how that's going to come out. Does he have to pay them back some money that he may be receiving? So you got Tua number one still, and then who's number two for you, Minshaw or Greer? I got Kyler Murray number two. I got Greer three and Minshew four. Okay, so so not giving the Washington State love to the, to the Cougars quarterback right there, Mr. Allendale. Well, number four is pretty high. He'll make it to New York. All right, so, that, I mean, that pretty much wraps it up for, for this week, and we'll be back next week with another weekly edition of our College Football Insider Preview episode. How do you want to close off well, this week, Mr. Allendale? My last, last comment is I want to be consistent. Uh, Chris Ash from Rutgers is still number one on my coach's hot seat. I don't oh, see we him. forgot about the coach's hot yeah, seat. I don't how see how him could coming. I? Uh, he's one and nine. Scarlet Knights are one and nine. So he's in his third year as head coach. He's seven and 27. He's made some, and he's had co- players that have been in a lot of trouble. We know about the alleged murder against one of his players. So uh, Chris Ash, without question, is on that hot seat all by himself, but there's other people full close. Well, how about CoachesHotSeat.com, the, the official hub? They got uh, your, they got your boy Clay Helton, well, USC number one. But the USC has had a, has a lot of problems in the school itself, from what I've heard reports monetarily. So okay, so any any uh, any guaranteed Godfather locks to put some money in in, in the pockets for college football fans yeah, this weekend? I'll take, take Indiana in twenty eight. Indiana twenty eight. What about Duke in twenty eight, man? Could do that. I got Indiana twenty-seven and a half. That, that's that's the bet. Hey, I got. I'm gonna give you this, Mr. Allendale. You tell me. I'm telling you because I don't mind throwing down six bucks on a bet like this. Okay, I put a seventeen parlay on Bavada.com. I bet six dollars and fifty cents, Mr. Allendale, to win six hundred twenty-one dollars and eighty-one cents. You want to okay. know who I got? Sure. Okay, I got Michigan State. Okay, minus two at Nebraska. So basically, take, basically taking Michigan State to win at Nebraska. I've got Kentucky minus 14 at home against Middle Tennessee. I got USC minus three and a half at UCLA. That's the one I'm maybe a little iffy on. I've got Auburn to cover 28 and a half against Liberty. I got Indiana plus 27 and a half at Michigan. I got Duke plus 28 at Clemson. And then to wrap it up, Mr. Allendale. I've got San Diego State plus 15 at Fresno State. Fresno State? Seven, seventeen parlay, but I got San Diego State to cover that in, a, in what could be a close I mean, game. That's a bad bet, but anyway. Okay, but I like see. Indiana. Best college bet of the week, in my opinion, is Indiana getting 28 at Michigan. Indiana will make it close. They played close. They lost to Ohio State. It was close. They lost to Penn State. It was close. Uh, and I think they'll keep this game close. They, they're not that bad of a team, to be honest with you. So uh, they even played Rutgers close. Well, that's that's a whole other story. So but, bet uh, the Hoosiers. 
Bet the Hoosiers against the khaki pants. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. You heard it here first, folks, from the Godfather himself. As always, this is the Family Feud Sports Podcast, where two lifelong sports writers, also father and son, debate the week's hottest sports news. We will be here soon in the next week to two weeks tops with our first NBA podcast of the year. A lot of big things happening. Jimmy Butler going to the Philadelphia 76ers. We'll be there with our predictions after the quarter season mark of the NBA, and we're getting close to that already. Isn't that crazy in itself? We'll be back also next week, back at back again, starting up our weekly fantasy football deep sleepers and waiver wire ads podcast. We'll be back here later this week on Saturday with our NFL Vegas quick picks where myself and Mr. Allen Dell pick every single NFL weekend game against the spread as well as Sunday night and Monday night football. That does it for now. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next time. Peace out. Yeah.